Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Phil Tiger. Slacker Hello slackers, I hope you're good and I hope you enjoyed the week off. Sometimes, as many people have said to me in, in the past, I could really do with the week off, you P-Tag. And and look, I, I, I went, I delivered just, just for you. I took a step back and I was like, do you know what? These poor people have suffered enough in 2020, I will just pull it back. By which I mean, to be honest, I just took a couple of days off because I was absolutely knackered. Been absolutely flat out. This last couple of um, months have been absolutely crazy. Obviously, you've been getting Slacker podcasts up the yin yang um, weekly since about March. Like, I mean, when lockdown one happened, I went crazy and recorded loads. Um, we'll get into who we're doing um, today very soon. But then, since July, I've kind of known that my um, I'm finishing up at Radio One at the end of the year, and I have like a, a brand new show that will be starting. At some point in the future, I don't really want to talk too much about it, um, and and yeah, lots of lots of fun stuff uh, to to talk about. But today we are here to talk about the Slacker Podcast. If you're fresh to this, if you're coming on and you're like, right, this is the first one I'm ever going to listen to, then go through the archives, go back through whichever um, podcast provider that it is you're listening to and go back through the 60 or so odd um different ones then there'll be artists in there that you'll absolutely love and there will be podcasts in there with artists that you either a don't know or b don't give a damn about because it's so eclectic and so all over the place like i mean we we pretty much touch in every single genre of uh, of music and that's as a as a broadcaster as a, as a music fan that's the way i like it i've i've Got way too um, short an attention span to just do a rock podcast or just do a hip-hop podcast. Um, speaking of hip-hop, our artist today is Action Bronson. And yeah, Action Bronson is an absolute hero. I'm glad that like we got this over the line as well. But the first time um, I was meant to do an interview with Action Bronson may have been back in like 2014. And he, whatever it was, <laughs> he, he cancelled the, the interview and I was like, okay, that's fine. You know, that's that's dead on. They rearranged it and they'll be like, right, do it tomorrow. This is this is for radio, by the way. 
And I came back in and I was meant to be meeting my mum for lunch. who would come over from Ireland. And I was like, I'll run in. I'll do this interview with Action Bronson and then I'll go go meet my mum. Um, as you do in 2014. And he cancelled that one too. And after hearing and seeing um, the amount of weed that he was smoking around about then, I'm actually like... I couldn't believe that he probably knew what, what country he was in, never mind <laughs> he was meant to be going to interviews. So finally we we, we um got, got him down for the, the Slacker podcast. And yeah, so it was a really really enjoyable one um this week. Big up to the, the Slacker Patreons as well. Um patreon.com forward slash slacker podcast. If you want to support your, your favorite content and you want extra bonus content and playlists and all sorts of wonderful, beautiful things, um, then you can go and sign up there. Uh here it is, the Action Bronson Slacker Podcast in three, two, one. Yo, what, what's happening, man? I'm Phil. What's going on, Phil? How you feeling? I'm good, man. I'm not too bad. Good, Life, brother. Life's pretty good. Um, we're in the middle of a fucking heat wave over here, and I'm a pasty white Irish dude, and I just can't deal. I can't deal with like 34 degree heat. It's like oh, it's about 100 Fahrenheit. Yeah, I know what you mean. Listen, <laughs> it's you know, it's never fun to be fat in the summer, is what I say. You try being Irish. <laughs> Imagine you were fat Irish. You're fucked. Oh my lord! Um, thank you for doing the the Slacker podcast. How, how are you doing today? Yeah, I feel great, man. I feel great. It's a beautiful day. It's humid over here too. Hot. Just dealing with it. What's your What's your plans? What 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 do you got going on today? Oh well, just chilling out right now. I'm gonna actually work on my radio show. Live from the Moon Radio that we do every every other week with uh, Beats Apple Radio. Um, I play a lot of like crazy wild world music that's rarely heard from the seventies, eighties, from all kinds of lands. Just like funky, weird stuff. I love it. This is like you, you properly going into your like collection, your parents' collection, and like digging them out. Well, not parents' collection. My mom has more like you know. Bob Dylan and Barbara Streisand, you know what I mean? You, like what, you don't fuck with Barbara Streisand? I love Barbara Streisand, more as an actress though. Yeah, yeah. You know, she's for that. me, she's a better actress. Hey. Yenta, Yenta was my favorite movie. Yenta. Yeah. Big, big movie, never seen it. <laughs> Blockbuster. <laughs> um, what is it like having Zane Lowe as your boss? I know him only as a friend. We've never actually had to do any boss. I, I, I'm more of like a freelancer over there. Yeah, he's not like he's not like phoning, phoning you up going, Action, I really like what you did there, but maybe... Yeah, he is. <laughs> he absolutely is. We have conversations all the time. I but he always tells me how much he loves the show. <laughs> he, uh, he actually sent a company-wide email, apparently. Wow, straight to the top. Whoa, there's a big buzz in the building. Exactly, Tim Cook is like just hanging off the, the <coughs> lap that you're playing. Um, I remember like I, I worked with Zane at Radio 1 um, years ago and I remember, was he he worked on some of like some productions for your music, like around about Blue Chips 2, was it? Well, no, nah, he actually worked on my biggest song, Baby Blue. He, he wrote the hook pretty much. Like he came with the idea. 
I was with Mark Ronson in, in London in, uh, in like in the studio at King's Cross and Zane had the studio above him or something like that or next to him and we were working for a couple of days. We were doing cool shit, you know, but nothing stuck yet. And then Mark played this piano riff, whatever. And then Zane came through and started fucking saying some crazy words in like this voice. I was like, what the hell is going on? I just knew Zane as the radio guy. I didn't know he was coming over with vocals. <laughs> he came through with vocals. So that's the one and only time I've ever said anyone else's idea or words ever. Well, it like, was Zane Lowe. Only time. The only time ever. Like he, I've, I've written every single thing with my right hand or my left, a pen, never in a phone. And he just came, I mean, I switched it around, but he came through, you know, like he's from New Zealand. So he's like, why you gotta act like a dick? Like calling your girl a dick is mad like Kiwi. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So, yeah. So, like, (laughs) Harry Fraud's never, like got anything on one of your records like you know no, like even the people you are close with day to day have never got it on well no of course well listen <laughs> when i when when i'm when i'm writing the rap and some and they like add something funny i'll throw it in just to fucking you know yuck it up like damn fraud just gave me that line it's all in good fun yeah of course it is man. like like party supplies used to do that all the time anything that he could think of that was crazy he would say and i would just try and fit it into the rhyme that's kind of that was us that was our thing have you ever like stuck something onto a track like like have you ever like laid down a lyric just as a bat like going like they'll be like you'll never say that or you'll never say that you'll never say that. you're just like well do you know what look of course I mean it's not even a bet I've just I've tried to think of craziest things to mention and I just do it I just fucking do it it doesn't even matter I don't even need to be paid extra just let me do it <laughs> but yeah I mean like nobody nobody had that uh, fizzy food flow like like you did um I think it was like yeah back in 2012 it was like one of the first records that I heard of you so you, like you were just like 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 cramming these like um like food references and I'd never heard. And I was just like, <laughs> these elegant like, dishes, right? It's fucking yeah, nuts. You're like feeding, feeding my soul and my belly at the same time. I like that. <laughs> oh man. I come Good from, times. I come from Northern Ireland, right? And the way we do cuisine in Northern Ireland is we do quantity over quality. Quantity mm-hmm. is way more important than quality. Quality is bullshit. Cause if you don't go and get your like big, massive portion of meat and then, free side dishes so like you oh for sure tobacco onions potatoes chips like as much carbs as possible and then peppered sauce cover it everything so it tastes of nothing (laughs) did you say tobacco onions tobacco onions yeah how is that i've never i've never seen tobacco onions anywhere else in my whole life other than northern ireland i I always wanted to go to belfast you're uh, yeah man belfast is sick like you're you're i mean i don't live there anymore i live in brighton at the moment but yeah. like belfast is pretty cool like you'd go, you'd go down pretty well i mean yeah i've been doubling a bunch of times we were actually supposed to do a show in belfast one time yeah well i mean listen like we're like i i guess you just like to go play a show no, never mind where. i mean yeah of course absolutely but 
you know, like I was in Ireland not too long ago. I was there last summer and it was, uh, I had one of the best times I've had in a long time there. I've that- been there a bunch of times. Did you play that big festival? What was it like, Longitude? Oh yeah, I played. Yeah, I played Longitude. It was uh, it was like me, Tyler, the creator. I I went on right before him, and it was like massive. Like the one of the, it was like the last show on the tour, hmm. and the fucking sound that the crowd made when I came out was like, it was intoxicating. It was really next level. Like that it showed a lot of love. That festival when it was announced, like a lot of my friends who like do shows on One Extra, which is like the rap, rap station and yep. rap station in, in the UK, came up to me and they were like, well, what is it with this festival in Ireland? Like this, this festival in Ireland is like got the best lineup anywhere in the world. <laughs> it gets crazy. I'm telling you that one, that one year that we did, it was nuts. Mm, big time. I remember. Yeah. I, I think that, like you mentioned, Tyler, I think that the, probably one of the finest moments in TV history is the, the moment where you and Tyler sat down to watch, watch Ancient Aliens and <laughs> got really blazed up. Oh, man. He's naturally high. I don't think that boy ever smoked weed in his life, but I'll smoke it all for him. Don't worry. He did like a, I think before he got banned, to come to the UK, he did like a press trip and he like... Which is pretty ridiculous, first was, of Yeah. It's I mean, ridiculous. That was a Theresa May thing and I can't even remember why he was banned. Like, like there's some rappers out there rapping so many... I don't know. I actually can't even remember what it was about. Exactly. No one remembers. Just let him back in. The fuck? He's back in now, but before, before he got banned, he didn't want to do any press, but his label made him do press. So he got all of the journalists together, gathered outside Vice, because I know I was there, I was one of them, and mm-hmm. t- took us all paintballing. And all the journalists had like tiny little crap pea shooter guns, and him and his team had fucking Uzis <laughs> <laughs> like walking around, mowing down all these journalists. <laughs> and I was like, I went, like, I aimed for him to, to try and get a shot at him. And his security guard came out, all Kevin Costner stood in front of him and shot me in the neck. Oh my god! Getting shot in the neck with a paintball doesn't feel good. No, it really doesn't, no. man. I don't want to go to war. Um, I want to talk about um, so the music and the early music. Uh, like what 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 was like the the records that you were kicking at the very beginning? Like the the first album that you remember like grabbing as your own and being like, "This is this is mine." And. As in my own music, or when I was a kid buying yeah, when music. you were when you were a kid, or say, yeah, I mean, you know that music was the biggest thing in our lives. We frequented Sam Goody, which was a store for music, Coconuts, which was a store for music. Nobody beats the Wiz, you know. There was a store in in Queen Center Mall that was only dedicated to selling tapes, and they had the sale rack with all the singles. I would always go to the singles rack, go to the sale rack, and just get up whatever rap you could find. So I had Compton's Most Wanted, fucking Tim Dog. I had anything you could imagine. Rex and Effects. I bought it all. I remember buying the Rex and Effects tape in in uh in um fucking Green Acres Mall, like the same place like Sunrise Highway where we went to go see Juice and the whole movie theater got shot up. Yeah. These were great times, you know? This is what turned me on to hip-hop. When you, when you would, like, go and buy those tapes, like, did you buy them blind? Did you, like, buy them, like, knowing? Yeah, some. Them? 
some of them I bought blind, some of them I knew. Like Compton's Most Wanted, I didn't know. Mm. You know, Tim Dog, I knew because at the time he had a video. You know, Step to Me. You remember that one? And then also, like Rex and Effects had Zoom, Zoom, and a Boom, Boom, just shake your rump. You know, Rump Shaker at the time was huge when I was young. And I, I bought the Rex and Effects tape knowing that's what I wanted. Yeah. I bought the Bell Biv DeVoe Poison tape knowing that's what I wanted. You know? Yeah. I think I learned how to be a radio DJ by buying CDs that were shit and trying to sell them to my friends the next day. <laughs> so like I'd go buy it and I'd go home and listen to it. And if I didn't like it, I'd bring it into school the next day and <clears throat> talking about it all morning. And then of course. Like, oh, I've got a spare one. Do you want to buy it? And they'd be like, yeah, tenner. <laughs> and you're just like, God, sweet, got my money back because that was rubbish. <laughs> That's it. I mean, that was good. That's a good deal right there. That's where that's that's where the beginning of the the hustle comes from. Like when did you reach for the for the well it's probably like not even reaching for the mic, but when did you start realizing you could could rap? I was, you know, I was one of those my my boy Mayhem Loren was really the rapper. He was the guy that was like going going hard for trying to be, you know, the rap guy. Yeah. And he did his thing. He was doing, you know, doing all kinds of tapes and stuff like that. So he would just, we'd be hanging out. And I'd always be the guy that would come up with the funny one-liner about the color of my car or doing something ridiculous. Like I said, trying to shock value. It's all about shock. And then, uh, you know, I, he told me to just write something longer. So I ended up writing something in his mother's kitchen. And it was ridiculous. I laid it down. It sounded real crazy because my voice, I was like whispering. I didn't know what the hell to do, you know? <laughs> so, you know, once you start getting your legs, you start, you know, your balls drop pretty much. Your rap balls drop and your voice comes out and you start, you start, you start getting authoritized on the, on the mic. You know? But that takes, that takes time. Like, I mean, I, I, if I had some sort of like, way of beaming back to like the first time you rapped in front of somebody like yeah you must have been oh doing, man you must have been doing it with your back to them like you, you, you couldn't look at anybody in the eye I'd... no because it was all a joke i was all i was doing it all for fun i was doing it to make people to make my friends laugh at the time yeah like they were doing it seriously like trying to write raps for real and shit and i'm just over here just writing the craziest things i could think of and just saying it and it was just naturally funny and uh, that's pretty much where the style has progressed from. That's it's still the same. <laughs> I still try and make people laugh, make my friends laugh. As long as that's if I can make my friends laugh, or if I could laugh, I know it's good. That's it, man. That's like you're you're already winning if if that's where you're at. Like, did you did you ever get into like the the battle rap culture, or like was that was that part? Nah, of that was. Did you ever? Nah, know? I was never. Nah, nah. I I never I never was into the battle rap. Um, like me battle rapping, obviously I watch it because I think it's, you know, it's obviously there's a big talent there. And that was something that kids did in high school, you know, like we would do that at school. Kids would battle, the rappers would battle each other. But for the most part, I'm more into, I'm a solo artist. You know, I don't want to yeah. diss somebody for fun. It's like, it's not that much fun. I'm a little sensitive sometimes. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, who the, fuck, who the fuck's not, though, right? Like, I mean... Like, I, if you touch on a subject and you're saying some crazy shit, like the way they talk in these battle raps, I'm going to feel away. 
it's just this I can't just laugh it off like say something crazy about my mom or my kids. How do you fucking just let that go? No, you can. You but can. Then, you really can. And at the same time, and, just, and they're saying it in like an autistic way, so you gotta be like, oh shit, wow, that was kind of interesting. But that's the worst thing is like if you punch somebody at the battle rap, you lose. You lose. It's all that. That's they're fucking. Fo- they're, it's uh, it's all a setup. <laughs> Well, I mean, it, it, like uh, when, when you when you see when you see people dissing right and diss tracks um, like f- flying backwards and forwards, like I mean, there's been shitloads over in the UK and the grind community recently. But like, I diss just, tracks I, are something different, though. I think a diss track is an art. It's still some. There's something to the diss track because you're there by yourself writing it, and it's a song. So you might be able to sing along to it. The fucking battle rap, you can't really sing along to it. If there's you, no melody there's no there's no beat you know if you feel like you're sensitive though like would you rather like because like i feel, feel like a diss track would be worse because people have got time to go away really and it stays forever it. Uh, nah, i'm not the thing is i'm not sensitive <laughs> i just think i think it's all funny i just wouldn't do it because i just i don't know it's just not in me who writes the best i don't like i don't like making people feel bad you know what i mean i, mean, I like uplifting that's i like I don't like being a part of it. Well, I say like I, I like being a part of it. So what, who the fuck do I rap against? <laughs> yeah, the, the Northern Irish guys really, really throwing battle raps. Uh, this backs out at everybody. You watch it back, Bronson. I'll send you one tomorrow. Uh, who who's the best? Like who writes the best diss tracks? Like um, like over here, you've got like grime artists like Chip, and you've got people like Stormzy and Wiley and people like that. Yeah, who does it in the U.S. best? Um, I mean, there's been some classic battles throughout rap history. Uh, there was a classic one between Nas and Jay Z, which Jay Z wrote a bunch of you know very cunning things and made good songs. Mm. You know what I mean? That was the other thing. It was fucking good diss record, and it was an ill song. Like you could play it on the radio. Nas made crazy like Ether. That was the time around that. As far as like what was what's the best diss record? I don't really know, man. I feel like Eminem's whole career has been one. Yeah, he just disses everybody. Em <laughs> just disses everybody. I went back. I was driving to work. This is the whole world. He does like I listened to the Marshall Mathers LP for the first time in probably about fucking fifteen years or something, right? And I was listening to it, and my jaw was like that. Like I was just like. I can't believe because I, I used to listen to that like in my house full blast. My mom must have think, thought I was like absolutely fucking ready for G. You were really, yeah, you were going through it. <laughs> he used to diss Christina Aguilera a lot. Christina Aguilera, Britney Spears, <laughs> Fred Durst. Fred Durst. <laughs> Ken Kniff, whoever he was. I was I, I was trying to get on I don't know. I've been I've been trying to get on Fred Durst podcast, bro. Has <laughs> Fred Durst got a podcast? I don't know. My boy told me the other day, he's like, yo, you should go on Fred Durr's podcast. He's like, what the fuck? I've got, see, the thing is, I, 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 I would love that. I would I, love to talk to Fred. I, I, I did I, it all for the nookie. <laughs> if I say fuck five more times, that's 65 fucks in this fucked up rhyme or something like that. <laughs> the song with him and Method Man was good. Yeah. What was this album called? I like that one. The Chocolate Starfish and the. I didn't understand what that meant when I was younger. Chocolate Starfish. That was the name Isn't of the that album. that asshole? 
Yeah. Isn't that an asshole? I didn't know that when I was like 13 and listened to it. Yeah. <laughs> Chocolate starfish <laughs> and the hot dog flavored water. That was it. Oh my God. Hot dog flavored water. My poor parents. Hi, fucking hell. <laughs> he has a lot to answer for. I've, I, I've actually like, he's aware of the podcast. I think he might've listened to it before. Um, Cause he said he did. So I'm trying to get him on, man. That would be a, that would be. I'll get you. It's on. real deal, shit. We'll yeah, together. I would love that. Yeah, <laughs> I would love to. I'd love to ask Fred some questions. Me too. He's like, oh, we'll like, do a tandem. Yeah, you be you be good cop. I'll be bad cop. <laughs> I love that. Um. So, when when did like you get spotted, or when did like the industry side of things, like the sort of career side of things, like start popping off? How did it go from like making your friends laugh to becoming a, a viable career? Man, you know what? It seems like I have no fucking idea, but I think it all started from when one of, one of the homies just told me to put my shit on MySpace. Like after, you know, after a while I would take it, you know, I took it seriously. I was like, this, I actually like doing this. This is my hobby. I'm going to do it without anybody and not try and make everybody laugh and they'll hear it when I'm done. You know, just, this is, this is my thing now. Yeah. <clears throat> so I started doing that, <clears throat> started making songs on my own and made a MySpace. And then from there, I'm not sure. I think that, you know, there was some buzz around, you know, downtown, uh, downtown Manhattan, like the Lower East Side where a lot of things would pop off. Like, if you got popping on the Lower East Side, a lot of times you'd make it in, in music. Like, a lot of kids made it in music from that area yeah. as of recent, like, as of the past 10 years or whatever. And, you know, that's just a legendary place. But, like, you know, the, the people in the downtown scene, they're all in the know, art scene, music scene, they're all down there. So I guess this my man Dante Ross got wind of it. He's this dude that was my first manager, and... uh you know, he's been around some legendary situations. Um, and yeah, shit just started from there. I put a record out in 2010. And it's been it's been on since then. How was it? Was it like, was it mad DIY at that stage? Everything. It's always been DIY. The only time it wasn't really that DIY is when I was with Atlantic for like two, three years. And why, why it was it more... It was less DIY because I couldn't do anything I wanted at any time. You know, I had a fucking, you know, some obligations that I had to handle. Mm. So I had to handle the obligations before I could have my fun. When you say, like, what are those obligations? The obligations to, like, write certain styles of records or certain, like, press? Just there's pressures, not obligations. There's certain pressures. There's, there's hints. There's hints. There's nudges, you know, to write certain things. Obviously, if you write bigger music, you make more money. I'm not that kind of guy. Like, yeah, of course, I want to make a hit, but if I, if I don't want to follow someone's formula. You feel me? Like, yeah, yeah. if I'm going to do it, it has to be on my own, um, my way, my vision, my, and me, oh, 100% or else. It's just not on my agenda. But that's, and you know, that's normal, right? Yeah, well, I mean, that's fair. Like, like, you don't want to sit in somebody else's template. You want, to, you want no, other people of course to not. to yours, maybe? Exactly, exactly. And then, you know, like oh, oh, a lot of labels, they always want you to do things like, oh, you, you saw how they did this. You should do something like this or something like that. You should try. They're always giving suggestions, obviously, to make the best out of everything. And I understand that. And I was a little bit standoffish at times. 
one time specifically I could remember that I just I, I, I regret. We did I did the the song for um Suicide Squad for for the movie with Will Smith where they're doing I don't know a bunch of superheroes and he plays Deadpool. And it's the first song that plays in the movie and it was his the main character's lead song. So they wanted me to do the video and all this other shit. And I don't know, for some reason I just I don't know. You weren't And to this day, I, it's a song with me, Mark Ronson, and the Black Keys, which is a fucking crazy song. <laughs> and I perform it all the time. Yeah. But I don't know what the fuck got into me at that point that I didn't, like, I was blocking myself from. I don't know. Like, yeah, but... you know, sometimes, like, you can't explain shit. It just happens. I don't know. Yeah, but maybe it was like the, the the negativity that may have happened at other parts with the label drifted into this, and like they could have offered you like a sack of gold, and you would have said "fuck off." <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Not, maybe it's not like I was like told I wasn't at odds with them. You know, you just know these fucking people. Like labels are full of shit. Most people are full of shit. You have I, to know that that's the case, and just you know, you know, navigate around shit. But when you start, when it starts becoming so much, and where it's just you see no end. You just, sometimes you got to go away. You got to step away. I was uh, doing an interview with Killer Mike um, and about this. Like, it's like Killer, obviously Killer Mike and LP like have their own sort of come up stories. But like what, what they've done with Run the Jewels has been quite DIY. And I asked him, asked him a question about that. And Killer Mike was like, why do I want to go and sit in a, an office at a major record label for somebody to turn around and say to me, Dave likes your FIFA song. And you're like, who the fuck's Dave? <laughs> exactly. I, I get you. I understand what you mean. Like, uh, it's unbelievable. Yeah, it gets, gets, gets tiring, man. It gets tiring. Yeah. But, um, but like, for the most part, you try and make the most out of it. Because, you know, you only get certain chances like that. You know, you're not going to get chances like that all the time. You got to realize that, you know, you got to make, make, make best of what you get and, your, and the time that you have. And, there's a real there's a real interesting thing that's happening in the music industry right now and it's like drake has done so many records now that he's his deal is up so if he chooses to like not do his next four or five albums one album whatever fuck it is on a major label he can kind of kill it he can kind of show that like you know we don't need them anymore. Like, I mean, some artists don't need them. Like you got like rappers like Chance and, and people like that who don't do it with majors. But I feel like if Drake decides I'm not going down the major label thing, I'm doing completely DIY, then he's kind of killed them a bit. Yeah. Thing is, when you're Drake, nothing's completely DIY. When you're Chance, it's not completely DIY, you know, like. Yeah. It's, it's like... It looks all DIY, but there's lots of moving parts behind DIY still, you know, like as compared to literally one person doing everything, you know, which is at times the hat I wear where I fucking do the artwork. I don't wait for this. I, I like to control everything. And that's really more a controlling thing. And that's why I'm not as rich as Drake and Chance. <laughs> <laughs> but, but are you happy? That's the, that's oh, man. The I'm so rich in happiness. Oh, it's, it's unbelievable. <laughs> but no, I, I, totally, I totally get that. Like, I mean, they, there's a lot of people mm. like selling DIY as it is, whereas actually they've got like a distribution company would do what a record label would do anyway. <laughs> yep. Yeah, exactly. It's the same shit. But like, yeah, it, it is, it is interesting because <laughs> you, 
you picked up management with uh, was it Peter Rosenberg or like did he bring you into the management company? No, no, Paul Rosenberg. Oh, Paul Rosenberg, Paul Rosenberg is yeah, exactly. It's all right. Paul Rosenberg. Um, after I, I parted ways with Dante Ross, um, I was yeah, I was looking for you know I wasn't looking for anything honestly. I was just doing my thing and. This dude drove from the Lower East Side that was working with Paul, got in contact with me and <coughs> excuse me, took me up there. I met them and that was that. I was running with Paul for years, a couple of years, four or five years. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Do do you like to, when you work with somebody who has that much experience, like, do you like, do you learn from them a lot? Like, do you take on bits and pieces of what they do and, and use that in the way that you look after your career now? 100%. Paul is a fucking boss, you know? Like, he's a very, very intelligent man and very calculated and likes to, likes to think before he moves, you know? So that's something that I take, you know, because that's not really my character. I'm, a, <laughs> I'm just go. <laughs> <laughs> I got a fucking bottle rocket up my ass. I got to go, you know, like just, I got ants in my pants. I've got um, that. I've got that as well. Like I, 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 I kind of run, I, I've got a manager that like lets me just run out until I run out of steam and then turn to him when I fuck up and just go, <laughs> really, I don't know what I'm meant to be doing though. Yeah, exactly. It's just, it's, sometimes it's just the way the brain works, man. That's the way we're wired. Fuck it. Who knows? Yeah, exactly. But yeah. You've got, like, I learned a lot of things, bro. I learned a lot of things from him. He's a, uh, <clears throat> just he he also not just learned a lot of things he he opened a lot of doors for me and showed me a lot of new things and gave me a lot of lot a lot a lot of experiences that I cherish to this day do you think at like some point down the line that you'll use all these experiences and take on somebody else like like actually like bring bring up somebody or manage somebody or or, or like start no no nah, i'm not, I'm not a manager type but I'm definitely a I'm definitely a, like in the boardroom type of consultant, you're but I'm not the one that should handle everything. 
I should be the idea guy sometimes. Like, I should be one of the idea guys. I got fucking nonstop ideas, all kinds of creativity all over the place for all kinds of different genre. Is there anything like that that's weighing on you at the minute that you 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 want to do? Well, I I have ants in my pants. I can't <laughs> control myself. You don't understand what I want to do right now. I have so many things that I want to do just within this. Like, I can't even control it, bro. I enjoyed the video that you put out for Latin Grammys because I was like, oh, that, thank you. That's a solid idea for a video. You they face mapped your face onto. Your man Magnuson or whatever the fuck his name is the word Magnus Ver Magnus Ver Magnuson. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was watching from Iceland. Yeah, I was watching the video for it. And I was like, I actually think I sat down and watched that exact episode as a kid. For sure, they were reruns. <laughs> they were all the come on. They were so good. It's so good. That's my favorite thing to watch. Yeah, that's 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 huge. <laughs> so well, my, there's a company in my hometown that that made the state the, the big balls for that thing and. So I only they made the Atlas balls? It was, yeah, those like, huge balls. <clears throat> the Atlas stones? Yeah, it was made in the same place that um, Sam Neill from Jurassic Park was born in, in, in my hometown. I was like, well, fucking hell, this is great, man. There's so much That's random weird shit. I just love them. Yeah, there's like, um, there's actually like strength, there's strength records in every place in the world. So mm-hmm. I would imagine that Ireland has their own set of stones named after a man that lifted them that people would come and try and you know break their record that must be it like because like they'd be a fucking nightmare to fly fly over another <laughs> for real they, no like i know in iceland there's the husafelt stone there's there's all kinds of different stones and these are named like a lot of them are named after the place or the, the man that lifted it are you like you seem to know a lot about the strongman competitions yeah. Is this like from... It's my favorite thing. It's like one of my favorite sports. How, like, how did you get into it? Like, is it just, just the, 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 the... Bro, the, literally the, as a kid. Yeah. Watching that shit late night on, on TV, just was like, what the hell is this? I always was, I was always intrigued with strength, uh-huh. you know? I was always intrigued with strength and physique and just being strong and lifting a lot, you know? That was always an interest of mine. And when you see these guys, it was like, Wow. This is something right up my alley. Big time. Like you, you're into that now though. Like I, I've seen like lots of stuff on Instagram. If you gymming it up, like you're, you're. you're oh yeah. I've what? been going in. I've been going in. I lost, you know, I was a fat piece of fucking garbage, you know, like I'm still fat, but I'm in much better shape than I was. I lost a hundred almost. I lost 95 pounds. Oh my God. And yeah, it's a lot to even fucking have to lose that. Yeah. I never want to have to do that again. So. How did you do I'm working. Yeah, there's going to be people listening to this, myself included. Like, I'll be like, going, yeah. how do you lose weight like that? I'll tell you, the first 60, I dropped by just eating right and walking, a lot of walking. Then when I hit around 310, I got in the gym, and I've just been going fucking hard in the gym. All kinds of different circuit trainings, liftings, all, you know, just switching it up. But the most important thing is eating right. Drinking green juice at least once a day yeah. in place of a meal. Intermittent fasting. All these things. You got to try what works for you. Right now, I'm still figuring it out. Right now, I'm eating low carb. And it's been doing, I've been doing good. And I'm not, like, craving shit. So, like, the intermittent fasting thing, is that, like, 16? 
16 8 where you eat for eight hours or eat for 10 hours you know what i don't even keep it like i don't keep a schedule i just if i just don't eat and then i'll eat at night or you know like i'm doing it like that i'm trying to just gauge it i'm not looking at anyone's like planning i'm just seeing what works for me like if i'm really you know if i could get through it i'll get through it if not i'll have a little something do you know what, man? Congratulations. That's like no mean thing. Like that's that. Like you're like literally it's the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Yeah, I, I gave up smoking this year. Like, and that's definitely the hardest thing I've I've had to do. Like, I was that was fucking tough. And I've slept a couple of times. Like, but like, yeah, man. Like that's that's big. What what do you weigh now? Two seventy four. So I you're was, what is I it? Was 370. Wow. So you're only like what ten pounds away from being a heavyweight in the UFC? Exactly. What I'm is- I'm I'm looking I'm trying to get down to two forty, shredded. Two forty <laughs> So like what is a heavyweight UFC? Heavyweight UFC is like two fifty, two sixty, isn't it? Two sixty is the limit, two sixty five is the limit, but these dudes I'm five eight. These dudes are like six six, <laughs> six two, six three, five ten, you know, like that's fine. Hey, don't want that. Look at look at look this weekend. You've got Cormier, Cormier. That's my guy. Cormier. I don't know. I've never stood beside him. I don't know what he what height he is like, but he couldn't yeah. be much taller than you. He's a little bit taller than me. I've stood beside him. He's a little bit taller than me. He's like uh, I'm. He's like two three inches taller than me. Yeah. What what were you saying on um on this weekend's UFC? Um, obviously this is going out after, so like yeah, people will know. <laughs> who's I mean, I I you know like. Stipe has been a great champion. He's one of the greatest heavyweights in the history. Um, I, I like I like to see those glory stories. I want to see Daniel walk away with it, walk off into the sunset. To be honest, ride off. You know, I want him to. I want Corm. Yeah, I'm with you. Like I I I want the good guy to win. Not that Miocic is a bad guy, but John Jones is the bad guy. I want him to beat Miocic <laughs> and then somehow fight John Jones again, and John Jones get murked. Oh, wow. I don't know. It would never happen. They would have to do it a couple more times. You know, DC's down two already. Yeah, well, I mean, like, listen, like, we had this conversation a couple of years ago. I wouldn't have a notion what you're on about, but that's that's what happens when Conor McGregor goes to fight. Like, I didn't, I never watched UFC in my life. Yeah. And then I, I heard there was this, like, young Irish fighter who was, like, absolutely fucking spanking boys. Uh, and I was like, right, I'm into this. That's and it, right. Yeah, exactly. You ever met? Have you ever met Connor? No, nah, I've never met Connor, but you know, obviously, I watch every single fight. I've watched all of his fights since he came up. Yeah, it's a it's a it's phenomenon, phenomenon. It 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 follows a movie arc. It like, really does. I mean, this it's writing itself. Like the the notorious that that little documentary does was a movie in itself, and that was before even a lot of the stuff that's happened as of recent. Yeah, all the Khabib, all the Khabib stuff, the Mayweather stuff, you know, it's big, man. I, I thought- still think I still think that he has more left in him. Like he, he, he should. He, I've, he, I'm hearing that he's shut down for the whole rest of the year, which is kind of ridiculous. And you know, he fought Cowboy and beat the shit out of him in very quick time. I mean, so I mean, much, so much for his. Bro, there's a that's what I mean. There's a couple of heads out there that need fights. Let's go. I I want to watch it. Like that's 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 what I want to do. Like I mean, of course. Like I've been out to. I flew out to New York City last year to watch like Irish fighters and MSG, mm-hmm. and yeah, I mean it's not the same watching it in like at home with no audience. Like there being no audience is just fucking ridiculous. It's hard to. I know. It's hard to vibe on, you know. 
Well, for me, the fight, I, it's all about the fight. I could watch a fight in the gym. I've actually refereed a fight in Ireland after one of my shows <laughs> in the back alley. I swear to you, it was a boxing match between an Irish rapper from that area, two Irish rappers, a younger one and an older one. And at the time, and they had an issue. They were both at my show at the Twisted Pepper. Yeah, I remember that. Pepper, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I think they shut that down, but we, they were both at the show and they had issues with each other. So afterwards, they went out back and they had a scuffle and I was in the middle. I was the actual ref. And when I'm talking about like they were boxing, there was no kicking, no punching, no holding. So when one of them went to hold and I didn't break it up, they got mad at me. <laughs> like, come on, come on, do the job. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my bad. I forgot. I was watching. My fault. They almost uh, got at me. But then, you know, one of the young kid landed the knockout blow, and uh, that was the fight. There was no anger afterwards. It was just a boxing match in an alleyway. That's what they call Queensbury rules, sorting it out the old duels. The <laughs> they just sorted it out. I love it. They just sorted it out real quick, and that was it. You, like, that story will have set Ireland back by about 500 years. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Like, this was like 2013 the, Twisted yeah. Pepper, bro. Oh, my God. I mean, how do you even beat Good times. That? Next time you come back, it'll have to be like, I don't know, like some sort of fucking St. Patrick's Day parade with like... <laughs> That's crazy. Oh my that, god! That is mad. Um, when when you released that album in 2010, you had yeah. already like sort of had a bit of a bit of limelight because you are a li- little bit of like you know performance, um, in you already because you had the action in the kitchen which was on YouTube. I think 2009 yeah. it went up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I mean, it was just I was just in the I was actually at work. And just one of the homies started filming me, and that was it. I I, I like, I really like the guy who's filming it, right? Because I watched an episode of it earlier, and he's like, he's like a hype man, but for vegetables. Right? <laughs> so he's like, going, "What are what are you doing there?" And you're like, "Going, wow, well, like I'm I'm sautéing, I'm sautéing this, putting some chili." And he's like, "Going, yeah, chili." <laughs> like, yeah, like, he tried he tried to throw himself into the video. You know, he had to get his shine on. Yeah, he'd like t- turn it on himself. Exactly. Get his shine on. <laughs> I I enjoyed that, but like, did you did you ever like think that that would actually turn into a legit show? Not like that, but like, you know, it from small acorns grow mighty oak trees, if you know what I mean? Of course. It's pretty unbelievable. I mean, from, from all those times of laying on the couch watching those types of shows like Bourdain and and Andrew Zimmern and just different types of travel shows. That's what I always wanted, that type of thing. Hmm. Some sort of cooking show, Food Network, Mario Batali, and different shit. So I always thought that that was something that was for me. And that was, in, that was destined. So I, I, I made it happen. I willed everything into existence, by the way. Just had, I just made And I didn't know anybody coming into this shit. This was all... This was all meant to be. Because, like, you being on, like, Vice on the record label and then the TV show being true Vice, were they connected or were they, like, separate sort of entities or how did that work? Well, I knew Vice was the big media company and they just started the record label. And 
you know, I was going to take full advantage of both because mm. I didn't want to only do music. I wanted to do other things. And I made that clear. So they carved everything out. Paul made sure that everything was carved out properly. And we fucking went on and did legendary things over there for years. Yeah. You, you're still going as well. Like, I mean, keeping. Any, oh, there's no doubt any, about that. Any show on, on air, like is, is quite, quite an achievement. Like getting to uh, Getting to a second season for a show is is rare, but like you, you're like I think you just finished one season four. Um, yeah. So like I mean, congrats on that. Um, Thank you very much. How do you how do you go about it? Like do you do you plan it all out, or do you have like a team where you just like go? I I I never like figure out how DIY it or how ad hoc it is or how yeah. planned out it is. Well, no, it's the, the planning of it is all done by uh, me and Chris Grosso, which is my producer. Mm. And uh, like we figure out the places we want to go. He figures it out. He has a lot of good people around him as well. And then the rest of the guys just show up. That's it. <laughs> just show up. Just show up. They're fresh out of the parking lot. Like moths to a light. Um, exactly. Do you, <laughs> have you ever like eaten anything really just di- disagreeable that you've been like? Yeah, of course. A bunch of times. A bunch of times. And it's not because it's made pro- poorly. It's just I just don't like it. I don't like mackerel. And anytime someone makes it for me and says that they're going to make it in a way that I'm going to like it, it's more nauseating than the prior. It's a very... So, very fishy fish. It's very oily. Yeah. But like Spanish mackerel, they all, I can't fucking do it. I don't know. I just can't do it. What about sardines? Sardines are pretty mackerel. I can't do it. <laughs> I can't do it. I can't. Like herring and shit like that. Pickled herring and fucking all kinds. I just can't do things like that. You're, like you, you're Albanian. Like pickled, yeah. Pickled herring should be in your like DNA code. Like you should be. Like, nah, the thing is, they don't have that, a lot like, of fish. Food. We were landlocked. We were landlocked yeah. in Skopje. You know, there's not lots of fish. Uh-huh. It's a lot of meat and vegetables. You know, so beans and stuff like that. If you go more on the coast, you know, coast of Albania where there's water and there's, you know, then you can start having the fish. They don't have exotic fish over there. What's the what's like a typical Albanian Muslim like meal? If I was to come around to your house and and you wanted to like cook up a, a, a legit yeah. legit pot, what 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 is it? Well, yesterday I was with my cousins and my aunt, and we had a traditional Albanian meal. You always have some sort of pickled peppers, spicy peppers that have been roasted and then pickled in vinegar and little garlic and oil. Uh. She made a traditional dish called pita, which is also known as burek. Mm. It's it's like a, it's our version of a stuffed dough with spinach and cheese. You know, it's like oh yeah, like you get you get that. It's like, like a, seven layers of dough on the bottom. Then you put the layers of then you put the spinach and cheese layer, and then you put another seven layers of dough on top. You close it, you bake it. Each layer is lined with butter. Oh. You hear? Oh yeah, yeah. Each back. layer, each layer is lined with butter, so it creates this like puffy situation, this crunchy situation. The outside gets crunchy, the inside stays really like supple. Yeah, that sounds. And uh, yeah, it's, but, and then you could drink that with a yogurt drink called kaimak. That like that that dish that you said with the, the spinach in it like reminds yep. me of uh, 
like I used to live in a Turkish quarter, like in 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 London, and like I like a lot of the Turkish bakeries would have like a sort of a version of that. There'd be like a be like an old lady in the in the window, like ma- just making them, but they're more like uh-huh. bread, more bready than yep. like less less dough. But yep. like that sounds well. Like, we are Turkish, you know. That's it's it's all from that empire, you know, the Ottoman Empire and mm. the Balkans. And my my grandmother was part Turkish, and uh, you know, there's a lot of Turkish people. There's a lot of uh, Albanian family that live in Turkey right now. So that's where we used to get our baklava. Yeah. From. You used to go like, I'm I'm hungover. I'm gonna go get some baklava and just drip. How it. amazing is it? It's so fucking good. People okay. don't understand how good that thing is, man. Yeah, like Ireland doesn't have a good dessert. Like we don't have like a good dessert. Like all our like Irish food is like it's all poverty food. It's all like like stews. Albanian also is all poverty food, but pots and stuff like that. Yeah, when I I mean when I was there, I had phenomenal food. Phenomenal food. So, like speaking of speaking of Turkish, somebody tweeted me right. I'd like I tweeted going like I've got like I'm doing a podcast with Action Bronson a couple of days ago. And they were like, you need to like talk to him about how he speaks to his dogs in different languages. And I was like, mm-hmm. I, I messaged him back going, are you like just feeding me full of bullshit that I asked this question and then I look like a dick because it's not true? Nah, it's true. Yo, <laughs> can you grab that for me? Yeah, nah, it is true. You know, they speak, they speak Spanish, they speak Turkish, and they speak English. And they speak a little Albanian. What, what, what make you- sure he has a face mask on. <laughs> what are you what are you sh- where are you today like are you are you in like, you i'm in my studio i'm in my studio right now and we're just setting up because i'm uh how you doing bro how's everything good to see you keith how you doing bro you too bro um you laying up to record for the day no no we're staying yeah well yeah we're gonna record but um my man Keith right now is gonna set up some cameras because i'm playing jorge masvidal in uh ufc4 in the video game. Oh shit, right. We're actually fight we're gonna fight against each other on ESPN two. It's gonna be televised. <laughs> so I'm so I got them coming in here, setting the game up, hooking it all up. Yeah. I'm gonna start playing it today, practice a little bit so I can talk some shit, hopefully you- get some takedowns and win. Can you play it? Have you played it? Are you like I played the I got three. I'm good at three, but like I gotta get better. I gotta. I gotta dominate. I can't go into play. I. I'm, I like video games. I like winning video games. So yeah, I see. I'm a big like FIFA like player. Like I, I play, love FIFA I, also. I, oh I man, play FIFA all the time. Like I'm obsessed. One of my favorite with, things ever. I am. I. I I'm gonna get. I. I don't even want to play just because it would be embarrassing for you to lose. Like so. Nah. No. I'm not. Obviously, you fuck me up. I need to get some practice. <laughs> That's it. So listen, I've got a couple more questions. I'm going to let you go because obviously you need your like um, you don't nah, you're all good. You don't want to get carpal tunnel syndrome. Um, like play <laughs> too much computer games. Um, I wanted to talk about like there's loads I want to talk about, but what was that 2014 tour like with J Cole and Kendrick and Eminem? Three six. Like, that was. That's one of those. Yeah, that's one of those situations. I told you that Paul put me in. It was amazing. I didn't even have an album at the, out at the time. I just had Blue Chips 2 out, which was, you know, as good as an album. People fucking love that shit. It was one of my most successful situations ever. Um, yeah, I was crazy, you know. In South Africa, I directly opened for Eminem. Like, in Johannesburg, it was some guy, me, then M. 55,000 in the fucking rugby stadium, you know, in Joburg. Hmm. Pretty next level. 
Cape Town. It was next. Uh, the, all of these places, like, I'd been to New Zealand and Australia before that, but with him, it was luxury. Like, they took me on some luxury shit. Like, I was very happy. Yeah, you, you're well looked after. I was. I was very well looked after. What's, like, how do you approach a show differently? Like, say, from stepping out at Baby's All Right in New York for, for like, a, an underplay fuckabout up until playing to 55,000 people in a rugby stadium in South Africa? Like, do you have to, like, go in on, like, the stage performance and stuff like that? Or do you just do as you do? Bro, it was fucking crazy. I did the same exact thing that I do in a club that holds 300. I went into the crowd. I left the stage for like 20 minutes. It was fucking, it was a shit show. It started raining. It was amazing. Lightning struck. It was this crazy picture of me with the rain coming down and I'm fucking spitting water into the air. <laughs> I changed nothing. I went even crazier. I loved, I loved every minute of it. First off, the sound wasn't good for me because I'm used to smaller, so it's fucking ping-ponging all over the place. So I was like, ah, this fucking sucks. So let me jump off the stage and go talk to some people. Mingled in the crowd for a little bit, drank a couple of people's beers, you know, dumped a couple beers on me. Good old times. <laughs> Back in the good old times when you could, like, share a beer with somebody and without fear of death some random stranger who knows what was in it it could have had <laughs> meth in it you would have known all about it straight after i would have liked it would would that would would that go down as like one of your favorite shows of all time i mean it's a very it's a memorable one there's so many like one of my favorite shows was in paris at a festival called we love green hmm. um the energy from those people it was like 30,000 people i was the headliner in a park in the middle of Paris in the summertime. Oh my God. These people were hanging on every word. Obviously they don't fucking know what I'm saying, but they're hanging on every word. <laughs> they're hanging on every beat. Like they're just dancing. Like this is the type of crowd where it's not like some places where you go and everyone's too cool. These people were loose. They wanted to have fun Hyped and up. dance. And yeah, they were just jacked. <laughs> And then as soon as I got off stage, I went to one of the best restaurants ever in the world called Epicure in Le Bristol Hotel. So I had to bring a suit with me. So I got off stage and I jumped into a little cab because they didn't have my car ready. So I just got in a fucking little egg, you know, those little, very little cabs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I booked it, booked it to Le Bristol, got changed real quick into a suit, had left my Carhartt shirt on. Just for style. <laughs> Over there by the TV. Yeah. I mean, that's that's how you do it. That's that that's how you finish it up. I wouldn't be able to go and eat, eat after something like that. I'd be, I'd be far too sweaty. You'd yeah, like, I mean, I toweled down. I toweled off in, in the in the talc, in the car talc. ride over. <laughs> <laughs> Talcum and towel. Yeah, exactly. Um, the. The the coffin salesman thing in the Irishman, I was not expecting because like I didn't know you were in it until I was watching it. Like that movie was so long, I had I watched it on two flights. I think I went to Costa Rica and I watched it on <laughs> a, a, a flight, two flights to Costa Rica. And then you show up in it, and I'm just like going, "Fucking hell, man! He makes a good coffin salesman." <laughs> that was convincing, huh? Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. Nah, not bad. Thank you, man. It was a good scene. I had fun. It was it was a blessing. I was just happy to be in that. As a New Yorker, it must have been 
like a bucket list thing to like be in a Scorsese movie? I mean, it's something that you don't even feel obtainable. You know, you don't even feel like that's something reachable. Obviously, that's what everyone wants. You want to be in a Scorsese movie. Fucking to actually have it happen is pretty nuts. How does pretty next level? Like, how does that even happen? How does that come about? Like, this, like, did 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 he like go? God, there was a coffin salesman in my youth that looked a lot like Bronson. I don't know. I get. The 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 woman who is the um his uh talent director yeah what the fuck the the ones who do the auditions yeah, casting like, casting director yeah exactly the casting director she's an amazing woman and they I guess her and her kids they were fans of mine and they knew about me and they thought that I would be perfect and they asked me to come in and do a read I fucking bombed on the reading it was like the worst reading I think ever. First off, I couldn't see the words. They had written these words with the world's smallest fucking pen, for sure. Like, the <laughs> typewriter type was like, you couldn't even see it. Yeah, like it was like they were fucking too. with me. It was like they were fucking with me. So I asked the woman, I was like, yo, can I just borrow your glasses? So I, she gave me her glasses, and I just read from the fucking paper. And it was Bo Deedle's scene. It was the scene where the dude who puts, you know, the... Vodka in the watermelon, like the, you know, he's in the in the sauna. Yeah, that guy was perfect. I wasn't getting that scene no matter what. So they threw me a bone. They were like, "Fuck it, let's get this kid in the movie anyway. Let's <laughs> make him the coffin salesman. Let's see what happens." Because <laughs> you could have brought any other schmuck in there for that scene the next day, and they could have nailed that if I didn't do it. So I nailed it. Marty liked me. Rob liked me. Actually, they call him Bob. They don't call him Rob. Yeah, Bob, yeah, it's really weird, isn't yeah. it? Well, isn't it? He's, I have something right here to action. All the best. Maybe I'll buy my casket from you, Bob De Niro. <laughs> you know what? That's like, that's a, a less funny joke the closer you are to 80. Exactly. It's just not funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'm sorry, like, the, I, I can't offer you, like, the, the same amount of weed that, like, Joe Rogan did when you were on with him. But, oh, no, he didn't give me any weed. It was all my weed. Oh, you give it all to him? Yeah. I'm the weed guy. Yeah. <laughs> don't try and outweed the weed guy. Don't try and outweed me. It's like a, it's like an old Italian father that you. It's like you're trying to fucking pay for it. If I have a daughter and she has a boyfriend, and I take you two out to dinner, the kid's gonna try and pay for the dinner, and you think that's gonna be okay? <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? I pay for the fucking dinners. <laughs> Until you have a family and you're married, then you could pay. Well, I, I, like I Tony like Soprano says. <laughs> I like the imagery of like Joe Rogan being like the the bratty <laughs> little kid <laughs> at the table. Have you do you, do you ever think if you smoke enough weed and are from New York, you'll turn into Joey Diaz? Nah, Joey Diaz, man, that's a fucking next level guy. He's a uh, he's a hometown guy. He's my kind of guy. Yeah, he's a he's a he's a funny character. Joe also, I love Joe. They're cool fucking dudes, man. Comedians, bro. Comedians yeah. are funny. Joey Diaz's life story is basically a Martin Scorsese movie waiting to happen. It, I mean, I'd like to see Tarantino do that one. Yeah, me too. And I, I want to talk about the like the new obviously like Latin Grammys. Um, is I um how important is Latin music to to you? Like like is it something that like it's everything? Yeah. Yeah, it's everything. 
Um, Who are the stars? Latin music is like, Latin music would be like a real blind spot in my like record collection. I don't know that much off it. Yeah, well, there's so many genres of Latin music where you talk about classic salsa, which is like, you know, runs deep when you go from Puerto Rico to Cuba to you know, Southern Colombia to all kinds of different crazy stuff, you know, like rare stuff. Cumbia, which is native to Colombia and, you know, around that area. Uh, rancheros that are like, you know, Mexican ballads and big band. Like, it's like the, the marching band from school, mm-hmm. you know, with the big doom, doom, doom. Yeah, no, not the mariachis, but that's just guitar. But these dudes, they're like a big band where they play the... But they play it in a Mexican way. It's crazy. I love it. Um, Yeah, man, there's so much good stuff. I mean, for me, you should start with some classic salsa. You know, that's that's the stuff that really gets you moving. And it's, 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 it's psychedelic. There's all kinds of fire. Fucking heat. When you do, when you don't grow up with those rhythms the same way that you do in New York, like I mean, uh, Huey Morgan from Fun Loving Criminals did like a documentary on Latin music on BBC recently, and I'm gonna watch it. But like when you grow up in like Ireland with Celtic music and traditional music, like the rhythms are, the time signatures are different. So like, yeah, I'm, absolutely, I'm raised in a different time signature than than you are. So like, no, see me, my time signature is I have none. Yeah, the rhythm. The rhythm is within. You know, it's not. It. It. You're not. You're not set to a rhythm. You have a rhythm of your heart, but I feel like all, a lot of beats move to that similar rhythm. You're beating. You know, it's like, hmm. How do I explain this? Are you a good like, dancer? Like, a, I am a good dancer. Do you dance? I at can weddings? do. I do dance at weddings, but I don't do the latest dances. I let my body do the dancing. I let it just move. <laughs> I let it move in a, you know, in a fundamental way. Yeah, yeah. So pretty much, man, you know, you got you to gotta just allow the rhythm to hit you. You know, you can't go in with a predisposed rhythm sanction. You feel me? Yeah, exactly. Like, you, you need to feel like, it. Yeah, like you should put music on from all over the world and just vibe, you know? Like you need to know about Brazilian vibes. You got to know... Like me, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a student of music. So I know when something's of Nigerian or something in African, you know, in a rhythm like that, or if there's like a jazz, or, you know, all the different types of signatures that you speak. You know, there's like, oh, that sounds Bollywood. That sounds like Thai, or that sounds, I don't know, you know, Turkish. They yeah. all have very, it's all, it's all very thin line. I'm the same, man. I'm getting into like I'm like listening to a lot of Nigerian disco from the '80s at the minute. Like I'm well, finding. Well, then you should be listening to Live from the Moon because that's what we fucking play. Mm, big time, man. When my last my last episode to be, I don't, I'm, I never fucking, I'm not a plugger. My last episode was all world disco, Nigerian disco, Latvian disco, Czechoslovakian disco, Russian disco. Check it out for real. It's not even a joke. Man. Yeah, like Italo, I fucking love Italo disco as well. Some of it's like super cheesy, but I, I kind of feel like sometimes you need to do your top button up and put a bow tie on. Absolutely. <laughs> um, what what are we getting on this new record of yours? Like when it when it comes out, like uh, are you splashing yeah. it up? Yeah, you not splash all over the place, man. 
you hear what I'm, what I'm telling you I'm listening to. So that's the type of stuff that inspires me. I'm inspired by the world. I'm inspired by different rhythms. I'm inspired by all kinds of crazy shit. Nothing I do is regular. Nothing I do is normal. This is all extraterrestrial stuff. I know everyone likes to think of themselves as an alien, but this is only for dolphins. Like dolphins are aliens. This is this is some shit where you have to be telepathic. You gotta fucking be on the wavelength. This is for everybody to enjoy because you'll all be able to get down with the funky rhythms. You know, once again, I aim to please with laughter as well. And you're all you're getting the best me, you know. There we go. I might show up to the fucking club in a karate gi next time. <laughs> With a condom on already. <laughs> I got to show up to the club with a condom on. Uh, everybody had that friend at school that did that. <laughs> maybe, maybe not in the karate game, like, but like, <laughs> like, bro, no, no, go home. Like, Yo, I'm just wearing it right now. Get changed. <laughs> <laughs> Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.